Hello and welcome to the Diabetes Dugout with Brighty and Peachy, brought to you by the Diabetes Football Community. This is your regular dose of all things football and diabetes as we bring you the stories of those affected by the condition who have a love of the sport. Everything we share and talk about on this podcast is from personal experience and if you have any concerns about the management of your condition, you should always check in with a healthcare professional. Now, with all that said, let's crack on with the episode. Hello and welcome to episode 24 of the Diabetes Dugout. Joining me today, as always, the legend that is Mr. Christopher Bright. Brighty, how are we? I'm very well, Mr. Peach. How the devil are you, sir? Uh, not too bad. Not too bad. Just um, looking at the smile on your face, looking at the whale shirt in the background. It's been very a good week. Happy man this week. It's been a good week for the boys. It's been a good week. Great result last week, wasn't it? A great result. Um, oh, put us through the mill, though, don't they? They really do. It was a tight game. And, uh, yeah, there's only one man for the job, isn't there, when there's a tight game in a Wales shirt. Mr Gareth Bale comes up with two absolute belters. And Wales win the game 2-1. One game from the World Cup, mate. Can't argue one with One game. One game. One, one game. Who did you fancy, Scotland or Ukraine? It doesn't matter, does it? I mean, you'd beat either, couldn't you? Oh, absolutely. Oh, as either. long as Bale plays. Well, as long as Bale plays, and obviously it's in Cardiff, so we stand every chance. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. Who Who are the other Welsh players? Oh, that's a bit harsh. A bit harsh out there. You know, nice. just, just Aaron Ramsey, you know, Dan James. Some good, some good ones in there. You know, you've got one of your players in there as well, you know. Ben Davis. And another, Joe Roden. Exactly. Just keep adding them up, John. There's a, there's a few decent ones in there. Doing the biz. Doing the biz. Doing the biz. You know, Harry Wilson off the off the wings. You know, some good players. Yeah. Don't just don't just look at Wales as a as a one team. You know, one man team. So basically, I've just given you the chance to big Wales up and give all these players a little name check. Yeah, there you go. And and also make sure that you are knowledgeable about Wales and, and, and not the uh so like some people say that you're you're a fake Welshman or don't know where that comes from. Very harsh. Maybe, Very harsh. Maybe maybe it's the Brummy accent. Yeah. Can't we can't all help it. Can't all help it. No. Through through and through, thick and thin these days with Wales. We're we're there supporting. Welsh shirt on when the games are on. And uh yeah, back in the boys. Back in the boys, and we're going to do all right in that that last game. I'm confident. I'd, I'd love to see them at the World Cup. Absolutely love it. It's been a long time, been a very, very long time. So it'd be great to see them there for a, a country the size of Wales in terms of its population to get to a World Cup is a really, really big achievement. So um, fingers crossed they can get over the line with that last game. And I know that the fans roaring them home at, in Cardiff. They're going to give them every chance. Going to give them every chance with that backing. So let's see what happens. Nice. Should we? Um, should we get on with the guest? I think so. It's a good one. Really good guest today. Good one. So, we we spent quite a bit of budget on today's guest. <laughs> yeah, and she oh giving it away there Ooh. a little bit. So we've we've given a little bit of a teaser there. Yeah, she she yeah 
not cheap to get this this guest in. Blown the budget. Blown the budget. To go through her agent as well, didn't you? Yeah. Couldn't get into her diary for weeks. It's been really tough. It's just like getting into your diary as well, John, to be honest. Mate, no, nothing's that difficult. <laughs> oh, right, John, introduce our guest before we talk any more nonsense. Here we go. So joining us today, we have someone who first made an appearance on our social media channels with their toilet roll challenge. And most impressively, the damage she caused to the lights in her home. She started playing football at 10 years old and tells us she is a winger in the mould of Raheem Sterling. That's my words, not hers. Despite being a Liverpool fan, we still have allowed her to be part of the TDFC journey. We are joined today by Lucy Wyland. Well, Lucy, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, a great introduction there from you, John. To, to talk us through that toilet roll challenge, I think that's that's got to be the first bit. Good starting place, isn't it? Good starting place. I'd, I'd love to say it was a first take, but it wasn't. I think it took me a good three days to get that final take. Um, I had a few goes of it. Um, we've practiced in the garden as well. I think lockdown had, had done me over. I was literally with toilet rolls the whole time, but I think everyone was struggling for toilet rolls. That was the whole joke behind it, wasn't it, at the time? So, um, yeah, we did. We put one together with our team as well, which was great. Um, but it was a good good laugh to get us through anyway. Absolutely. I mean, I think we were all scratching around for things to do in lockdown. The toilet roll was the, it was the joke of the time, wasn't it? By the fact none of us could get hold of one in a supermarket and yeah. doing these crazy challenges and, and seeing people kicking toilets, toilet rolls around was, was mad, absolutely mad. And I look back on it now and it keeps popping up on social media, you know, like reminders. And it's around this time two years ago that we were all doing it. And I keep seeing the, the videos pop up and it, it does put a smile on my face, but it does make me think, what on earth were we doing? <laughs> but, you know, in that moment where <laughs> we were all losing our minds a little, we were locked away. I think it did bring about a little bit of humour. And, and I enjoyed it, as long as you enjoyed it and the community enjoyed getting involved in it. It was a good yeah. win all round, I think. Yeah, I think, I, think, I think a few more people got in, uh, involved in it in the end. Uh, we've got a few more on, didn't we? I think it was after they saw you smash up your, you know, your front <laughs> front room there, Lucy, smash the living room to pieces <laughs> with the toilet roll cannon cannoning off the light there. <laughs> hey, I fixed it, so it was all right. Yeah, I'm sure it went down. Like that. Chandeliers yeah. don't come cheap, do they? No. <laughs> I'm sure your family were delighted, Lucy. <laughs> Nothing a DIY couldn't sort, it was fine. Yeah. Well, um, obviously, you, uh, I'm... I know you've listened to the podcast a few times. So we obviously start with our guests talking about their diagnosis story. So if you could, Lucy, could you let us into a little bit of what it was like to be diagnosed, uh, the story and the age, and then obviously the impact that it had on your life coming after diagnosis? Yeah, of course. Um, so it was 2012. Um, I was on holiday, actually. I was on a cruise um, around the Canaries, very nice, um, on our on my Easter holidays in school. So um, it was actually, I think we were walking around La Coruña. Um, I don't actually know where it is. Um, and I was just desperate for the toilet, needed a drink. I was moaning the whole way around. My mum was saying how ungrateful I was for being so moody on this trip. Um, and 
I got home, my my mum has type two diabetes and my nana has type one diabetes. So my mum sort of knew the symptoms. Um, so she was like, I'm gonna do a finger prick when you get home. Um, and I was like, no, no, you're not going near me with a finger prick, no way. Um, anyway, so we get home on a Thursday night and we went to McDonald's um, and I didn't eat any of my food. I was just having, uh, I just wanted another drink. Um, so I'd left my burger and my chips, just wanted another Diet Coke. And my mum remembered then, she was like, oh, we're definitely going to test your buds when we get home. So I was like, okay. So I was playing out and I was putting it off because I knew as soon as I went in the house, I was going to have to do my buds. Uh, anyway, so she calls me in and my blood sugar's just read high on her meter. And there was no number given. It was just HI completely off the scale. Um, and then so my dad rang my uncle, who's a GP, and said, can you come down? Um, Lucy's bloods are obviously off the scale. We need to know um, where she needs to go to hospital. Um, so he came down, did it on more of like an industrial meter, which reads higher numbers. Um, it was still high on there. So he said, just get you to A&E straight away. Um, and then I got into a and &E. I was 37.5 at the time of blood sugars. Um, and so, yeah, it was really high. And um, so I went straight into intensive care to get them down. Um, and they pretty much said if it wasn't for my mum doing my blood sugars and taking me in that night, it was close to going into DKA that night. Um, so that was a big wake up call. Obviously, it was scary at the time. Um, they got my blood sugars down. I think by about 5 a.m. I got onto a ward because um, I went in at like midnight. It was quite late. Um, so they got my blood sugars down at about five. And that's when I had my first hypo. Um, and I got given an egg and cress butty <laughs> that went out of date that night. And it had like eggshell in it and all sorts. It was horrendous. Um, so, yeah. So, then obviously I slept on it, I woke up and I, I didn't really take it all at a time. Obviously I was only 13. Um, all, I could all I can remember is really thinking about that. There was no cure. That was the thing that stood out for me. And that's what I was scared about. Like I can't get rid of it. Um, it's something that I'm going to have to live with every day. Um, but they were really good with me at the hospital, really nice. They um, offered to do like a party to tell my friends <laughs> and things like that. So. That was lovely. Um, but yeah, it was it was life changing, obviously, and going into school and, and telling friends was, was quite daunting. Uh, you didn't know if they were going to treat you differently. Um, but all my friends were really, really good with it and um, got to know all about it. And as soon as I got my lunch pass, which got me to the front of the queue, they all wanted to be my best friend. So <laughs> that was good. Um, but yeah, that's. That's my diagnosis story. And, and 10 years, Lucy, isn't it? It's yeah, 10, years. 10 years. When When is the 10-year anniversary? 13th of April, so I got it on Friday the 13th. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> so, so yeah, 10 years in, in April. Yeah, so we're, we're a couple of weeks out. How, how do you reflect on that? Do you know what? I, I can't remember life without diabetes now, to be honest. Um the only thing I remember is having, I always used to have Lucasade in school. I used to have a cherry Lucasade. Um, and now obviously I can't have that, but I don't remember anything different than having diabetes now. So, so yeah. And, and, and you said your, your grandma had type one as well. Yeah, yeah. Was um, uh, was there a lot of um, knowledge therefore in the family of, of what you would do? Is it something that you'd um, sort of shown her? 
shown an interest in not and that's maybe not the right word but had knowledge of from from her condition no so um I live quite far away I live about two hours away from Anana so I don't see her every every day or anything like that so um I wasn't actually aware about type 1 diabetes really obviously my mum knew more about it um because obviously she was the child of a mum who had diabetes when she was younger so she used to have the big um glass syringes and things like that uh, used to have to sterilize them um and things but no it wasn't something that I was aware of really I hadn't seen my nana inject or anything like that um but now whenever I see her we'll, we'll go for a meal and we'll be injecting at the same time and um we make a laugh out of it and the other day my bloods were a bit skew if so um she's checking in on me today and making sure I'm okay and um, they, were, they were actually high at football on Sunday and my mum was texting my nana at the same time and my nana was like oh they're just high get her back on there she'll be fine <laughs> but yeah so she's she's one of them she's a tough cookie so she's always giving me um, a hard time over it. That's brilliant presumably she's got some great stories then of like from the, the, the early days like you said with the, the, the glass syringe yeah um, yeah to sterilize and presumably all the the new technology and everything she's just yeah so she's always her mind. yeah she's always messaging me on um help for the tech <laughs> she's always always wanting to know new tips on the libra and things like that and wanting to know how to use them um but yeah it's definitely come a long way because i think she's had it for 50 years now so um she's just got her medal um during lockdown i think so um yeah she was made up with that and yeah, so big round of applause for yeah. Lucy's now. <laughs> oh, she'll be made up. I'll have to get her to listen to this. So. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Fifty years with our condition—that is no mean feat. So you know, big congrats to her for. Like I've only done ten, that's five times that. So yeah, I d- no words for it. John's John, you must be knocking on fifty surely at your age. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I can't even, I'm too old to get, come back to that. <laughs> but not yeah. far off. No, not far but, off. But joking, joking aside, obviously, you've um, you've adapted to it seemingly really well, Lucy. What was life like prior to having diabetes? Do you remember much at all about what, you know, maybe even playing football? What? Um... To be honest, it didn't change me really, other than having to obviously treat diabetes, manage diabetes. I've never let anything stop me after getting diabetes. So I wouldn't say it's changed my life from before. Obviously, you have um, decisions to make every day about what you're going to eat um, and stuff like that. And where am I going today? Um, am I staying out? All those decisions you've got to make, do I need to take um, nighttime needles that I need to take hypo snacks what you've got to think haven't you before leaving the house all the time um but that's the only thing that's really massively changed obviously with football um I didn't play for a team before having diabetes I just played um in school in school so um obviously it was easier without diabetes playing football um but it's manageable now and I still enjoy the sport with diabetes so do you, do you remember the first time that you um, played football after your diagnosis? Like, yeah, was that so, quite a... yeah, so to be honest, I think it did put me off for a while. 
Um, I think I joined the school, my high school football team in year eight, the same year that I was diagnosed, but a bit later on, it took me a few months to sort of build myself up and get get to go. Um, but I worked closely with the teachers, made my teacher aware of um, that I'd need to test my blood sugars and things like that and treat. Um, if I go hypo, she'd keep all the snacks on the side. Um, so I've always had a really good team around me to sort of um, cope with it and manage it during during a game or training or whatever it might be. Um, and also teammates as well, which I know we'll touch on further further on into the podcast. But um, I've always had a, a great bunch of girls around me um, that, that know a lot about diabetes and sort of have learned when to talk to me and when not to talk to me and depended on my blood sugar levels. So. And, and we can touch on it now as well, Lucy, around your team and, and how you've grown with diabetes into football. Mm-hmm. How do you find that your club manages your condition? How do you find your teammates help you manage your condition? Um, they must play a pivotal role in you continuing to play. Obviously, you said you still enjoy playing, um, but they have a big impact on the environment, don't they, and the way that they are with you. Um, yeah. in supporting you to continue to play. So what is it that makes it easy, if you like, or easier living with diabetes um, and the club that you might be at and the people that you're surrounded by? I think for me, um, I've always had teammates. I've been at this at the club that I'm at now, Run Cornlin. I've been there for, I think, next year will be my 10th season as well. So it sort of runs in alongside um, my diagnosis as well. So um, I've played with the same players pretty much the same amount of time um, or uh, the core core group of players anyway um, so they all know about it know when I'm going low and know my behavior around it we've also not only on I'm in football but nights out and things like that they're always asking how your blood sugars um, do you need any snacks uh, what you're drinking all that sort of palaver um, but on a match day obviously I'm not I'm not someone that likes to bring bring attention to it so I'll sort of just do it as we're doing a team talk or whatever um so I'll test my blood sugars before the game um obviously have a snack or whatever I might need um but for example Sunday some of blood sugars were really high um and I was able to just pull the captain and say look I'm going to have to not start um second half um and they're all so fine about it after the game they're all messaging me making sure I'm okay and um, seeing how I am also like managers and coaches as well I've always sort of um we were lucky enough to have like a physio so I speak to them before the game give them my insulin give them my phone um anything that I might need um it's funny actually the other week I um I've, I've been we got a new physio I've been giving him the phone and my insulin pen every week and I think he's seen me injecting at one point and he went, Lucy, are you diabetic? And I went, yeah. He was like, I was like, what did you think that was? He was like, oh, I just thought I was holding your vape for you. And I was like, why on earth did you ever think that I'd just keep me vape in the, in the first day bag? I was like, what on earth? Um, but, but yeah, so we have a bit of banter about it and things like that. And, um, but I don't let it affect football too much. Um, it's one of them I, I try and manage it as well as I can but knowing that your coaches managers know about it your teammates it just makes you feel a lot more relaxed about it and um, going in and just knowing that 
they're there to support you. If you need to come off, no one's going to judge you um, and things like that. Yeah, so it's, it's all good. I think a couple of the things that you've you've just touched on there about the importance of um, coaches, physios, teammates, managers, just knowing that a you're diabetic, but having just a, a little bit of knowledge, at least, and and, and just um, sort of the the reassurances that, that it can give you, knowing that if something goes wrong, that there's going to be people there looking out for me. Like you, you said, you've got your your teammates messaging. I think that's sort of goes to the the, the whole sort of peer support. Yeah, and I think that's a. It, it, I think it's something that's just come on massively. Like when I was younger. Um, like th- th- there wasn't there wasn't that um and and I think that's like me and Brighty have talked before about how we weren't very sort of open with with anyone that we played with uh, about being diabetic and I think that w- what you're doing with that is is absolutely brilliant um and the 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 example that's setting to to your teammates and for your teammates to see yeah do you know what she she's got this medical condition but it's not holding her back and and just I think that like seeing you on on social media and like you you, you said there about nights out yeah. it's like you, you the, the fact that they know do you know what she can still come on a night out yeah but they're looking out for you I think that you've got that absolutely spot on and I think you've the the, the importance of surrounding yourself with those good people is is just very evident from 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 what you're saying yeah, it's, it's one of those. I try and balance it as much as I can. I'll make a laugh out of it, but try and get across that it is actually serious. Um, I think one of the girls on Sunday said, you mustn't be all right because you've not cracked a joke about it yet. <laughs> so that's when they knew that there was something wrong. And uh, it's the same on a night out. If I'm acting weird or strange, they'll know. First thing they'll say is, Have you, has anyone checked the bloods? Um, so they're all aware about it. So it, And it just, it's nice for me to go out and... Um, play football, feel relaxed and know that they know that I've got this condition and they can help out just by being that peer support group for me. And you sort of demonstrate there, Lucy, in in what you've said, really great characteristics and what I would say is a, a kind of a role model in the way that you've behaved there in a team environment for those of us living with the condition, you know, making it okay to talk about it, raising awareness, making sure coaches are aware, teammates, physios. It's kind of exemplary behaviour. I think if we were to move into a mainstream team environment, getting it out there and making people aware. So for that, I think, you know, we've got to say well done because from my perspective, looking at that, it's not something I ever felt comfortable enough to do. And I don't know. And we, we there's lots you could touch on in terms of differences in male and female culture. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to answer that. And we're not going to be able to solve that on this podcast, but the fact that you've been able to do that is incredible. And it really showcases everything that we're about at TDFC. Yeah. And, that's kind of where I wanted to go with it is that you then came into contact with TDFC at some point in this journey. Now we, I've probably, we've probably had a conversation over the last two or three years, Lucy. Yeah. So what was it that sort of, you know, you would have had the condition for sort of seven or eight years at that point. Um, you'd have been playing football for a number of those years as well. So what was it that you were maybe looking for from the diabetes football community that kind of, 
drew you in or, or something you were looking to um, maybe get further support from? Yeah, I think it was actually um, either your tweet, um, Chris, or Peachy's tweet, I can't remember. Um, someone tweeted out about diabetes and women's football. And I think it was actually our captain that tagged me in it. Um, I think it wasn't the first time I'd been tagged in it either. I'd, a few people had sent it over. Um, so I think I contacted yourself and just said, look, I'm interested. And um, again, it was just really to be involved and raise awareness of women's football and diabetes. Um, obviously, women's football is coming along a lot anyway um but to tie them both in so two things that I'm really passionate about was something that I couldn't really miss the opportunity to do that and obviously COVID had a bit of a um it slowed us down didn't it it has slowed us down yeah so that slowed it down but obviously we've still kept in contact um throughout the two years and obviously we've got our first event coming up next month which will be great um I know we'll touch on that a little bit later on but it it was just all about something that I couldn't miss the opportunity because it was two things that I love so much um, and wanted to help. Obviously, I've had, like I've just said, I've had a good experience with football and diabetes. So if I could help other people have that experience, then that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. And you've also, you know, what you've said there, you've also demonstrated that you're really, really good at creating an environment in a in a mainstream place, if you like, which would bring out the best sorts of behaviour in somebody living with diabetes. So the, there is actually probably nobody better than, than you, based on what you've said, to come and help us deliver this project for the future and, and you know, help women with diabetes mm-hmm. that are engaged in football. You also work in diabetes as well. So you, you know, you're, you're very engaged in our condition from living with it to doing TDFC women's to also your day job is involved in diabetes as well so how did that come about getting involved with diabetes uk and obviously big shout out to diabetes uk brilliant organization but for you what was that connection like as well how did that all come about getting involved with because it now is literally wherever you turn you're involved with something that's you know, got diabetes in, in in it so yeah, how did so- that play out so from when I was diagnosed, really, I think I looked at it and thought, I can dwell on it, I can I can shout about it, I can scream about it, why me, all that plava, or I could just try and make it as positive as possible. So first thing I did was sort of look into fundraising um, between JDRF, Diabetes UK. Um, I got in contact with Diabetes UK and said, look, what, what can I do? I think the first thing I did was one of the big collections in a supermarket um I think it was actually as I just left school I um I did the big collection and it was then after a night out on the on the school field and I was I was really hungover and I was collecting for Diabetes UK and I was just like what am I doing um, but from then I sort of got the love for fundraising and I went and did the Santa Dash I did a 80 kilometer bike ride around London throughout the night and that was interesting on a tandem with my mum. So that was a good six hour bike ride. Um, We also have done done a half marathon for Diabetes UK. So it pretty much all started just fundraising. Um, Then I went off to uni. I went to um, LFC Foundation College, which is um, all about football and things like that. 
Um, I then went moved on to university, which I didn't enjoy. I went to um, UCFB, which again was a football university. Didn't enjoy it really. It wasn't so much the content. It was just university wasn't for me. So um, I started looking at Diabetes UK and seeing if they had any roles. I contacted them. Um, and, a, and a job had just come up to support um, local support groups um, across the north of England. So I applied for that um, and got it. So I've never looked back really. I'm on my fourth year of working there. So my role is to support all of the local support groups across the north of England. Um, I'm their, their main point of contact. So I'm in the volunteering team. Um, so I go to events and things like that. Um, and also their meetings and they, they do amazing work all, all voluntary supporting their local communities um, honestly some of the work they do is just so inspirational so I, I try and get involved at any at any opportunity really and it, and it comes across Lucy you know in the way that you are with us at TDFC as well and the, the women's project and uh and clearly in your work you know you the fact that you've been there three or four years now and you're uh, from what everyone from every conversation I've had that mentions you everyone has a great what few words to say about you so um, I think pat yourself on the back for the contribution you're making and uh, I think you're going to continue to make in our community going forward and talking about going forward and where we're at at the moment then do you want to sort of discuss maybe what we've been getting up to in terms of sort of TDFC women's and, and where where we're up to, what you would like to get out of being involved and uh, what we're hoping to achieve. Yeah, yeah, of course. So um, obviously, like I said earlier, we started back in, I think it was 2019. Um, we started me, Katie and Louise, I think were the real OGs. Um, and we just started talking with Chris um, we started putting in some Zoom chats um, where we just wanted to talk about what we wanted to achieve with TDFC Women's. We sort of want to mirror what the men have done um, after that's been so successful. Um, ultimately, we just want to create a, a, a nice environment and a good community where women can come along and talk about diabetes and football and any issues they've got. Um, and also the high, so just celebrating all highs and lows really and um, being together and getting through those things obviously it's UK wide so um, bringing people from all different places around the UK is great as well so obviously we've got Katie from is it Luton? Chris? Uh, Kate, Katie's sort of Oxfordshire at the moment and then I think Louise? yeah Louise is Luton based uh, all that area then you've got uh, yourself, Northwest. Yeah. Got Ellie, who's around the London area as well, lives up in North East, this sort of Yorkshire Humberside area, I think. Yeah. So Sorry if but their geography's poor. You don't want to be grouping Yorkshire and Humberside together. I think she's in Humberside. She'll keep, <laughs> yeah. when she listens to this, she, she, when she <laughs> listens to this, she's definitely going to correct me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, so it's it's nice that, well, we've actually not actually met yet, which is crazy. We feel like we all know each other so well, and um, but we've not actually met yet. So next month we're holding our first um, get-together in Worcestershire, which I'm really excited about. Um, we're hoping to have a day of getting to know one another, um, also playing a bit of futsal as well. 
Um, but it'll be really nice just to sort of meet for the first time. And we've also created a group chat and we've gained some interest from other people. Um, so we've got a few more members coming down. So the, the, the whole project team is really me, Katie, Louise, Olivia um, and Chris. Um, but we have got, and Ellie, sorry. Uh, Ellie came in a little bit later, um, but has been amazing as well. So we're just really looking forward to getting that event up and going and seeing who who turns up really we're hoping and praying that more than just us five turn up um but it'll be an absolute ball so can't wait for that and and if there's anyone listening and, and they want to get involved what what's the best way of doing that um any through any of the social media channels really we've got the website as well and um, we've got twitter instagram so any of those obviously it's the diabetes football community just give us a search on there on any of your socials um, and get in contact with us when we're, we're all a nice welcoming group no none of us bite so please do um contact us and we'll get you signed up we've also done um, an instagram live not long ago um which was nice it was on the on the diabetes football community instagram so uh, that was our first sort of way we got out there it was scary it was daunting but um we got there in the end olivia was like our interviewer um our, our very own Dermot o'leary she was very <laughs> good um but yeah it was it was really it was really interesting we got a lot of questions in um it, it gained gained us really good engagement so um we're hoping to do another zoom but open to everyone um, on the 11th of April as well before our meet on the 23rd um, so if anyone obviously wants to be involved in that again drop us a message um, on socials and we'll be able to sort that out um, but no I'm really looking forward to the events and things that are coming up um, I think the only way is up really for us and yeah I was just going to say I definitely agree I think it's uh, been really exciting to be involved with all of you and the passion that you've shown, the enthusiasm, the desire to get something off the ground that wasn't there before and to really mirror the, I guess, like the enthusiasm for the women's game that's mm -hmm. more widely out there across society. I think that's what we're trying to encapsulate, isn't it, in the programme and the project is that there's a lot of appetite now for women's football and we're just trying to support in our way with our niche and supporting those with our condition. And it's been great to see you all step into that role really and want to embody that and, and push it forward and lead on that. And the way that you've all come together, the way that you're now so close um, in the WhatsApp group, like you said, Lucy, just not knowing each other in terms of meeting in person. But now when we have conversations, it's like everybody's known each other for years. It's yeah. uh it's it's bizarre in some ways but amazing in others and i i'm really looking forward to getting that first event off the ground just for you guys as a bare minimum just so you can all meet each other but then i think it just spreads doesn't it it's like a wildfire hopefully it just catches the light and it, and it just keeps going and like you said there's others that are interested we hope there'll be many more interested that may listen to this podcast or may come across some social media post or somebody else raising awareness of what we're up to and yeah just excited to get as many people involved as we can I guess and for me I was just sort of um, wanting to sort of understand from you Lucy what was the you know your key objective if you like for 
this project and and going forward in the future um i've obviously got my view on that but be really interested to hear what your overall sort of aims are for this project and what what it holds for you long term yeah i think it's just to bring bring people together to allow them to enjoy the sport that they love um with the medical condition we all have um obviously like I said earlier, it's, it's daunting getting back into football after diagnosis. Um, and people, even if people haven't, have already got diabetes and, and, and want to play football again for them, it, it might be daunting and they want to get involved. It's, it's all about where they can go to. It's being a community and a, a platform that people can go to if they're wanting to play the sport um, and just supporting them really. And again, I'm, I'm, I love peer support and um, I think that's something I've used over the years to sort of get through some of the bad times. So I think for people having that peer support is is a big importance to me and knowing where to go. Um, And again, like I said earlier, I I want it to mirror the men's. I think the men's has been so successful after the the work that you guys have done. Um, It's amazing. It's so big now. And um, so that is a big aim. And I've an aim for me and a goal that I want to achieve is to try and get something similar to the men's side. Um, I know you meet regularly now. Um, so, so yeah, that's, that's my aim. And I think the girls pretty much, I think the same, um, it's just, just being that support group for people living with diabetes, but also have the passion for football as well. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, Everything you said there, Lucy, really embodies and encapsulates the whole of what we're about at the Diabetes Football Community. Um, We're all about driving peer support, all about trying to support people with their condition, um, giving them as much advice and support as they may need, as well as encouraging them to continue to play the sport that they enjoy participating in. So for us, what you've said there is is absolutely what we're going to achieve. And I think with the passion and that you show, the enthusiasm that the other girls show, it it for me every week when I catch up with you, it, it comes through. And I think for the future, it looks really, really bright for what we're going to achieve with this project. And I think, you know, I've always said, uh, dream big, then dream bigger. And yeah. I think, you know, we start with something here and like when I very, at the very start of the diabetes football community, when I kicked that off, I didn't realize what I'd sort of started. And I think, and I hope this is going to be, you know, following in those footsteps. We don't really know how big this is going to be until we get going. And I've got, you know, high hopes it's going to be massive. So yeah, I'm really excited to see where you take it, where the other girls take it. And I'm really looking forward to seeing those that get involved on the 11th of April with that first chat. So if anyone wants to get involved, meet you, Lucy, and meet the other girls that are involved um, for a little chat about what we'll be doing on the 23rd, please do get in contact um, anywhere on the channels, whether that's website, social media, etc. Um or conversely, just keen to come on the uh, you know on April the twenty third for that first women's session. Again, please do reach out to us on whichever platform you feel comfortable doing. I'll connect you, Lucy. will connect you. Whoever you come through to, we'll you know we'll make sure that you feel welcome. And, and if you want to participate, we'll make it all happen. So, yeah, really looking forward to that. But Lucy, we can't let you go without playing a little bit of a game to oh, end oh. on. So, oh. Mister Peach has prepared 
his 90 seconds of questions. So you're going to be on the spot. I don't even know what he's included. The man is always revamping the questions, keeping you on your toes and keeping me on my toes. So it's over to you, Mr. Peach, and I'll get ready with the timer. Ready for your 90 seconds, mate. This is it. Like this you didn't tell me about this one. Lucy. Well, I'll tell you what, then. We'll, we'll, we'll give you the option. You can do the 90-second one-word answers, or you can do the three questions where you have to explain your answers in a bit more detail. Different questions. Oof. Hmm. We're letting you choose. I'll go, I'll go for the... Um, what are the questions based around on the... Uh. No, 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 that's not oh, who yeah, we see. Absolutely, absolutely anything. Go for the 90, put me under pressure. Go on. <laughs> right. Thrives under pressure. Thrives under pressure. Lucy's absolutely born ready for this then. Come on, come on. So I'm ready with the timer. John, are you ready with the questions? Right, I'm ready. Right then, three, two, one, go. Who's your favourite player? Messi. Who was your hero growing up? Oh, Ollie yeah, Bears. <laughs> <laughs> I think we stop now, don't we? <laughs> Keep going, John. I'm going to regret saying that. Favourite chocolate bar? Dairy milk. Uh, the, your favourite hypo treatment? Oh, um, jelly babies. Good choice. Should you have pineapple on a pizza? No, no. Good answer. Uh, I think we know this one. Messi or Ronaldo? Messi. Red sauce or brown sauce? Red. Tea or coffee? Mm, coffee. What's your favourite food? Um, Chinese. Uh, favourite holiday destination? Caribbean. Villa or Spurs? Mm, Spurs. Think carefully. Good choice. Good art. See, Luke, so you're not coming well. back on the podcast? Yes, doing well. Um, what's your dream job? The one I'm in now, Diabetes UK. What's your karaoke song? Oh, September, Earth, Wind and Fire. Uh, what's the first thing you buy if you won the lottery? Uh, a holiday of some sort. Favourite fast food outlet? McDonald's. Uh, your club winning, so Liverpool winning the league or England winning the World Cup? Oh, I've got to say England winning the World Cup. Timer. <laughs> Timer is there. John, any more? Did you want to throw any more? You know, added on time here. Added on time. Hang on a minute. Do you know when you said, do you want want to, if you want, if I want to edit anything out, can you edit that whole bit out? (laughs) (laughs) I'll be honest, but we'll we'll use that as the uh, the little clips for the uh, the podcast. That's gold dust. That is Ollie Murs as your hero. That's absolute gold dust, Lucy. (laughs) That's true. I mean, I mean, on a on a football and diabetes podcast, to suddenly get Ollie Mers thrown at you. Oh, absolutely epic! <laughs> He's a good guy. Um, oh, got got no doubt. Got no doubt. <laughs> Just came out um, of left centre though. Literally, <laughs> did not expect it at all. I mean, stitches that did. <laughs> bit, bit of a troublemaker. Boom, John. Have you done this before? Ah, <laughs> uh, don't tell you what. Final question then. Okay. There you go. Who would play you in a movie? I don't get it. <laughs> what do you mean? If, if there was a movie about your life, yeah, which uh, famous, 
person would play you? Holly Mays? Will Ferrell. Good choice. I feel, I feel like I am Buddy the Elf. <laughs> Quality. <laughs> is, there, is there anyone you've ever met that doesn't like Elf? No, no. Every Everyone loves Elf. And if you don't, you need to have a strong but, word with yourself. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I could associate with anyone that doesn't get Elf. I know, I know. That's it. Quality. Lo- loving the answers, especially the Spurs Villa one. That was just because I knew that Chris would get so annoyed at that. <laughs> Yeah, it didn't go down well. It didn't go down well. He'll have another sulk. Yeah. There's, and to be honest, it's really frustrating because I bet John's got a tally somewhere of how many people have said Spurs versus how many have said Villa. <laughs> it's on his wall at the side there. 18-3. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's astronomical. And most of those people are just doing it to wind me up. Yeah. And it works every single time. And the, the problem is, Lucy, we go into our WhatsApp group for all the guys and there's too many Spurs fans in there already. <laughs> although, no, there's, although, John... There's not enough. Oh, although, what, what does slightly help, because John doesn't like this aspect of it, is there is far, far more Arsenal fans in there. Right. It's like the, the running joke that we can't get enough Arsenal fans in this WhatsApp group. There is so many. I actually can't believe there are that many people that support Arsenal out there, but they all seem to be type 1 diabetic. It's <laughs> it's mental, isn't it, John? It's, it's almost like that instead of now being diabetic, you join the group and then an Arsenal fan second, it, it's switched. <laughs> well, it's like, let's find an Arsenal fan. Are oh, you type 1 diabetic? Brilliant. <laughs> Arsenal support group. <laughs> Yeah, they, oh. they they could have their own Type have 1 to. Arsenal Probably group. Have. They have. They must have a Type 1 Arsenal group. There is that many of them. You it, must it's... have one, a Villa one anyway. And there's not enough of us, Lucy, to be honest. I can't, I can't find anybody else. <laughs> no, there is. There's a couple. We're, there's there's a few of us, but we're, we're in the minority, Lucy. Let's call it that. We're in the minority. Not enough sensible people out there, is there, clearly? <laughs> That's what you want to call it. That's fine. <laughs> uh, but anyway, Lucy, just brilliant. Thank you so much for coming on to do the okay, podcast with us. Me. We've had a good laugh. We've talked some serious stuff and you've shared your story with us and, and what's been going on and how you sort of, um, if you like, taken diabetes along for a ride with you in your world and all of the amazing stuff that you're now doing with it as well. It's not just a condition you live with, but it's a passion and a job that you now do so much positive work with that I'm really, really delighted that we have you involved at TDFC to, you know, showcase what you're all about and, you know, the brilliant leadership that you demonstrate both in your work and in our project. So thank you so much for, for showing that on the podcast today. And um, yeah, I'm so excited for what we're going to be doing next month. Um, and by my next month I mean April 2022 for anyone listening to this um, <laughs> but what we're going to be doing for the TDFC Women's Project and, and so many exciting things in the pipeline uh, yeah and uh, just to say thank you for for coming to talk to us all about it today. Thank you for having me and thanks for all the support you've given to TDFC Women's as well. I think I think Brighty summed it up perfectly earlier when he, he used the phrase for the words role model to describe you and I think that that what what you're doing um amongst the the diabetes community and, and and with the women's football is is absolutely incredible and i think 
something me and Brighty have talked about in with the on the men's side that seeing it grow and seeing some of these youngsters that are going to come along yeah and just knowing that it's sort of like that next generation and, and what you're doing is is absolutely brilliant so thank you for doing that Well, that's it for this episode and we just want to say a huge thank you to everyone who has tuned in and don't forget to subscribe and follow the podcast on whichever platform you're listening to us on and whilst you're there if you could rate and review us that will help us and the show to reach more people whilst if you'd like to get in contact with us about any ideas or thoughts for the show send us an email about the diabetes dugout to the diabetes football community at gmail.com or head to the website www.thediabetesfootballcommunity.com for more information about our project. Thanks for joining us and tune in next time for more stories, inspiration and information about diabetes in football.